It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. I welcome you once again to another Estate Planning Essentials program. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the owner of KWM Radio, co-host of this program, which is assertively seeking to protect your family, your assets, and you. I'm sitting with my attorney, my friend, the co-host of this program, Dallas estate planning expert, Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don, and happy holidays, Don. Happy holidays to you, too. I'm blessed to have you as a friend and an attorney. I'm blessed to have this radio station, and I'm very blessed after, oh my goodness, 10 years of doing this program to have learned so much from you. You do this for a living eight days a week, but I just sit here in awe wanting you to charge me after every program because I, I'm so educated and I understand this until next week when everything changes. And speaking of next week, um, two weeks ago we did a program on the second half of the program, basically the second half, the last five minutes on frequent flyer miles and can you inherit those? Uh, so should you put them in your estate plan or your will? And you said, yeah, you can, but there's no guarantee. Each airline is different, Delta, United, American, Southwest, etc. But uh, can you put in there? And you said yes, but you weren't that firm about it. And today's program is about just that. And that is, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, you put everything in the will. How does it hurt? But today you want to talk about not what you should put in the will, which I always thought would be everything, but things that should not go in a will. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's just language and sometimes it's thinking about different assets. So let's kind of talk about it. So, you, 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 for example, you never use the word like, oh, I desire. Desire. Something like that's not for certain. It's ambiguous. Basically. Yeah, I mean, because okay. then it could be interpreted. So uh, I, Don Crawford, give to D'Anthony all my radio stations. Okay. Oh, oh D'Anthony, that's a good thing. He likes that. <laughs> D'Anthony, the producer, is pumped about that one. <laughs> well, uh, Sarah might say, well, you know, desire. Desire is not exactly a definitive statement, sure. so uh, I'm going to fight uh, Dorothy on that one. And we talked about that when it comes to being an attorney. The, the slightest word it comes to about meeting with people privately during those vision meetings that you have with uh, people who attend the workshop, that they're very taxing for anybody because you have to listen so hard and this one word could throw everything off and you're saying now in this program the word desire could throw everything in turmoil. Yeah, so you got to be, you should be definitive, not okay. may or okay. it's more like a I shall, mm -hmm. you know, um, whatever like that, okay. something definitive. And a lot of times also, you know, people talk about either religious services uh, or some sort of burial thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and by the time they look at the will, the will might not be probated for a long period of time. That, that person's long uh, been buried in, in right. funeral services. Uh, uh, I, you know, so, so often you say, oh, I want a Christian-like burial, something mm -hmm. like that. That's a very common thing. But by the time somebody probates the will, that's already happened. And what if... 
you go into another year and laws have changed, would it be retroactive? Well, I mean, it's just it's showing what you want, and it's I mean, it would I guess it depends on what the story is. I mean, laws do change, uh, and so uh, like if you had a, for example. Uh, I talked to somebody yesterday uh, about IRAs. Mm-hmm. Now, originally, uh, when we did his will in 2016, we wanted to protect the children in case the children had a marital problem or that their spouse might remarry. The kids were, uh, let's say, uh, kids were in their 20s uh, and had been married. Well, they're young. Mm-hmm. And so... It's if one of if their kid dies, they may give every their typical will might say everything goes to their spouse. Well, what if that spouse, you know, everything I worked for in my life could go to uh, a new spouse, uh, the, the daughter-in-law's new spouse, and I wanted all that to stay inside the family. So a lot of times we used to have uh, the IRA go into a certain type of trust uh, within the will or a trust within a trust. You can have a trust within a trust or a trust within a will. A trust within a will is called a testamentary trust, a trust that comes through your last will and testament. Okay. So you can name that trust as the beneficiary, and under the laws that were in effect until January 1st, 2020, that person, the child, could have stretched that IRA over their life expectancy so that it would be tax deferral. Well, we did the law then. But now the law is that the child, unless they're chronically ill or disabled or a minor, uh, will have to take it out within 10 years. Well, let's say we had that IRA go to the trust within the will. In other words, the testamentary trust, the trust under your last will and testament. Well, the problem there is if the IRA was too large and there wasn't a distribution that stayed inside the trust because we're concerned about the marital issue, the trust tax rate on income that exceeds, I think, roughly $13,400 is a 37% tax rate. Hmm. So now we have to say, uh-oh, uh, as the question that I presented to them and reviewing their estate planning documents they'd done six years ago, I said, okay, is it more important to you to possibly pay less income, your kids to pay less income taxes, or is it more important to protect those assets from the daughter-in-law or son-in-law from remarrying and the assets going to somebody other than grandchild or my other child? Good question. So it's a common thing. So even though the will was a valid will and good when we did it, but the tax law has changed. And so you had to, that's why from time to time, uh, you know, the average probably person doesn't look at their will or trust that they did for another 20 years, but uh, laws change, mm-hmm. not to mention relationship change, people change, health changes. And so uh, when there's different life cycle events, you should all, you should look at your what you did mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, time doesn't stand still. Relationships, friends, people become estranged. Just with the election being this month alone, um, I stay away from all of my friends and family where we disagree on certain political issues because I just know it's going to spark something in them or me negatively. I know it might. And then the relationship could be in jeopardy. Well, you know, how many times do you hear that people are on Facebook and they got defriended because of their different political beliefs? Right. Uh, I heard this so many times 
I was at a high school reunion. They said, oh, I, I, just, I just friended so-and-so because they believe one way or another. It doesn't really make any difference. Mm-hmm. And because, and, you know, things are so, quite frankly, uh, divisive at oh. this time that, uh, you know, people just say what they think and that's it. And you're not going to change their mind, it no. doesn't seem like. So uh, as a result, uh, it's probably best just to not say anything at all. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I know you should. everybody should speak their mind, etc. But the fact is that people do become estranged. People that you may have been your best friend many, many years ago may no longer be your best friend for whatever reason, or they may have died, or they may become uh, disabled, or it could have been, you know, anything could have happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, children, well, sometimes people have addiction issues. Sometimes they're a spendthrift. Sometimes they're being sued. Uh, sometimes they have marital problems. Sometimes people are disabled. Mm-hmm. Lots of different things can happen in life as life changes. Who would think that you'd have people would have something called COVID? Did you know what COVID was a few years ago? Right. And so, uh, as a result, there's going to be lots of different things. Laws will change. I can't tell you what the laws are going to be 50 years from now. Mm-hmm. All I can tell you is whatever I tell you today could change tomorrow. Yeah, and that's where I adhere to the statement: quick to listen, slow to speak. Yeah, um, to listen more because. Michael, as you just implied, we're not in their shoes. We don't know what their background is, what their experience was, what they went through an hour ago or a year ago or a decade ago. So try not to judge anybody and just try to help and serve. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, things change, but you you don't put down, as we said at the beginning, desires or certain types of, let's say, religious things after uh, burial, whatever. You you could have personal care plans, by the way, uh, that sometimes people do. Uh, I always tell the story about the guy who... uh, he said, okay, I want to have my wake at this place, and I want these people to speak, and then uh, I want these particular gospel singers that should be uh, uh, to sing these particular songs, but not to be paid more than X amount, and to, to be buried in my Under Armour sweats Why? under a live oak tree near Why? Tyler, Texas. Okay. You could say, and that's an actual one. I'm sure. Uh, and there's, I could tell you other stories. Sure. And so it, the bottom line is, instead of waiting to probate a will, which could take years, mm-hmm. uh, you could just have uh, a personal care plan with instructions on how you want things to be handled. Mm. Now, of course, you can take care of pre, uh, uh, burial arrangements in advance, cremation or uh, have a pre-need funeral contract. Uh, by the way, if you want cremation and you haven't bought uh, that cremation and you have children, then you should have another document called disposition of bodily remains. Mm. Because otherwise, the funeral homes have to get the permission of the children to be able to have cremation. Interesting. Remember, we talked the story about uh, years ago when Ted Williams died. Uh, and remember, one kid wanted to have his head frozen, and maybe another kid wanted cremation. You could have a, a, a suit over that, uh, or, and the, the funeral home doesn't want to get in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, basically, uh, that those cryogenics or crime, cremation, uh, mm-hmm. some things that you have to, you may want to take care of it in advance if that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you don't, uh, there's a document saying you're kind of your pecking order. Who's in charge of your body? And I want cremation. You could say that in your document. So you wouldn't put that in a will. You'd put that in the disposition of bodily remains. Or like we talked about, you could have your personal care plan on how do you, if you're either out of it or if you what happens when you pass. Okay. The second thing that you wouldn't put in a will uh, besides that 
is going to be uh, something like if you're an organ donor, uh, a lot of times you could, you know, we have on our driver's license that you could just put on your driver's license. Mm-hmm. They have, well, in Texas, you have like a little heart. Right. They could tell that you're an organ donor. Some people have a anatomical gifts thing, a uh, separate document. We often even put it in a medical power of attorney. Now, medical powers of attorney, there's statutory language, but I put it in as extra thing, although a lot of people say just, but you just use the medical power of attorney language that's common for most people. Um, so the state legislature has certain forms uh, that they have approved. A medical power of attorney, which is a document that says who I want to make medical decisions for me, uh, there's a form for that. Uh, so you don't have to have an attorney for that, although we do a lot of extra stuff on all these different things types of planning documents. Uh, one of the things that we do put in our medical power of attorney is also to make funeral reva- arrangements in advance. However, uh, again, uh, upon death, if you wanted to have that cremation, that wouldn't do any good because the power of attorney terminates on death. Oh, all right. All powers of attorney terminate on death. Mm-hmm. So whether it's a financial power of attorney, uh, which is durable, durable. It should be durable, which means it's good during your disability. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, dealing with assets is the financial power of attorney, or signing a contract, whatever. Uh, and uh, of course, that's different. It's not part of a will. It's a separate document. Okay. So, in fact, if you put um, medical decisions in your will, that would be something you wouldn't do. And in fact, I saw, and speaking of powers attorney, I saw uh, last week uh, somebody came into my office and they said the bank would not recognize their power of attorney. It was a financial power of attorney. I said, why? Can you show me a copy of your power of attorney? Well, that power of attorney only dealt with real estate. So you have to say what the authority is. You remember on last week's show, we talked about Medicaid. And uh, finding, one of the things that we talked about was a qualified income trust. And under the statutory language, the language that's in the power of attorney just by the state legislature, it has a whole laundry list of things that are covered, but it doesn't cover everything. And one of the things it doesn't cover is the ability to create trust. It deals with existing trust, but doesn't give the authority to create a trust. So if you can't create the trust, then you can't open the bank account to put the income into the trust or whatever the asset is into the trust. So you need to have, if you think that you want your agent, if you lack mental capacity to be able to create a trust for you, you need to say that in that financial power of attorney. You would not say that in your will. You would not say about medical decisions in your will. The will takes place when you pass. The power of attorney terminates when you pass. It gives authority to somebody to make either those financial or medical decisions during your lifetime. By the way, uh, if you have a trust, you avoid probate, if, assuming that you put your assets into the trust. Okay. Well, in any event, uh, end-of-life decisions, so it wouldn't even just be medical decisions. A lot of times people get mixed up because there's a thing called a living will. A living will, as we call it, a directive to physicians and family in Texas, is basically an end-of-life decision-making, saying, hey, am I I going to die within six months? Even with medical assistance, let me die as gently as possible. Or if I'm in an irreversible condition, such as a persistent vegetative state, do I want to be kept alive? So there's a directive to physicians, also known as a living will. A lot of people get those terms confused. 
A living will is just a pull-the-plug instrument document uh, as opposed to a will where it transfers your assets. So the idea of a will is to do two things. Pay your debts that you have. So it's not just uh, transferring assets that are in your individual name, uh, but also taking care of the debts that you may have. Um, fortunately, uh, uh, even if you have a trust, you should always have a what's called a pour-over will. We had a situation this week where grandmother had created a trust, and so did mom. Grandmother had some mineral rights in the trust, uh, but after she died, the daughter didn't take the trustee didn't distribute the assets out to the daughter. Uh, or mother, whichever way you want to look at it. And so the assets were never put into her trust. Now, grandmother died, and now mother has died. And even if her trust had been fully funded with all of her other assets, she didn't put grandmother, her own mother's assets, those mineral rights, into the trust because they're still in her own mother's trust. And by the way, she lives in California. Now, I'm not licensed in California, but I will tell you that California is one of the worst states as far as probate. Yep. People have living trust much more common than they do here because you'll be tied up in the system for probably a couple years. So now she won't be able to get those minerals for at least a couple years that she's been living off of. Goodness. But they have a pour-over will so that things would, after it is, uh, you know, the assets are taken out of the trust, it'll go into the estate, uh, they'll have to probate the will so there'll be some an executor who can collect the assets on behalf of the estate and then it can go into the trust that uh, now that other, that second person died, the mom of the client, that didn't act quickly enough. Michael meets with tens and tens of new clients every year, maybe hundreds, a lot. Each one is its own puzzle. And Michael's just there to put the puzzle together and what matters so often, I would imagine, listening to Michael today, is that it's not just what you do as the attorney, but what you don't do, what you don't put in the will, as Michael has been uh, teaching us this afternoon or this morning, um, whichever time you're listening to this program. And so bear that in mind. And Michael also said a few minutes ago, we do a lot of extra stuff on these planning documents. Well, what extra stuff? Well, that's the difference. Michael wants to make sure that puzzle is complete, that there's no missing pieces, and then you don't have to worry, and nothing will come back to haunt you later. I'm not sure about other attorneys. I'm just sure about Michael Cohen. In order for you to be sure, you should attend his next Estate Planning Essentials workshop, which is Tuesday, December the 13th at 10 a.m. And Michael, please once again tell everybody why they should attend and what they'll experience. Well, you get free legal education for a couple hours. You're going to have, uh, you're going to learn a lot. You're going to have some fun. You even get a KWM coffee mug, oh which I know with Christmas around the corner is what really what people Donuts, are just cookies, mugs, coffee, you name it. Who could ask for anything more? Nothing more. Uh, so uh, basically, we ask people what they want to know. And for two hours, although we will have a presentation, too, to go over some of the basics, Good. usually about estate planning and about Medicaid, mm -hmm. uh, we ask people what they want to know when we answer those questions, and you're going to learn something from those people's questions that you may not have even thought of. Uh, and then also, if you go to that free estate planning essentials workshop, you also get a one-hour free vision meeting, all uh, without any obligation. So you get three free hours of legal education without any obligation. Don't worry. If you don't do anything, that's okay. We'll be friends. We wish the best. We wish you happy holidays. So don't worry about that. This is just 
educational experience. And I think you're going to have fun. That's what everybody seems to say uh, because we try to make it a little bit lighter. It's a, a workshop, not a seminar, so it's interactive. And a lot of times I might just joke around just because I have no idea what the questions are going to be. Uh, and so it's going to be a little bit lighter. And it's not going to be just all the heavy uh, legal stuff that you know gets pe- people's heads uh, kind of yeah. hurting. It's uh, definitely not a comedy show, though. This is serious stuff. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, you should attend so you can ask certain questions about your circumstances, and Michael will expertly answer them, unlike most, if not all, because in my opinion, he knows better than anyone when it comes to government assistance and estate planning. So then after the attendant workshop, then what happens? Yeah, if, 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 well, uh, we'll ask you if you want to attend a free vision meeting. And mm-hmm. if you do, fine. If you don't, that's fine, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's whatever you want to do. But if any event, you just, you're going to learn something. You'll ask whatever questions that are important to you that you don't know the answer to, that you didn't want to feel like you had to pay, <laughs> quite frankly, to get the answers to. And then you get a free, if you want to get more personal on your own situation, instead of from being in front of an audience or you know, or other people, then we got to give go over those situations, whether it's your own uh, wills or trust or whatever, or maybe it's a Medicaid issue or a veterans benefits issue, whatever the question may be, then we try to answer those questions um, in the vision meeting. So to get those three free hours of free legal education without obligation, all you have to do is call 214 214- 720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. Uh, and I think you're going to not regret it. I think you're going to enjoy it, and you're going to have some fun uh, as well, as well in addition to the learning experience. That's great because you, the workshop is more of a general approach, but it puts you on the spot because you're sitting in front of tens of people, and they're asking you questions, and you, you, you're very good at that. You know how to answer it. You're not reading from anything. If you don't know, you don't know, which is very rare. And then it'll demonstrate to everyone there how deep you can go, how knowledgeable you are, and that you are an eight-day-a-week person when it comes to the law regarding estate planning and government assistance. And then, of course, um, once they sign up for that workshop, attend that workshop, then they'll go to the vision meeting, and then they can zero in on their individual circumstances to sign up. Dial 214-720-0102, 214 or go to DallasElderLawyer.com. There's you can get his newsletters, his past archived Evergreen podcasts, and learn more about Michael Cohen. And I, I can almost promise you, you will not regret the two hours of free estate planning or government assistance education. Michael, I've learned from you over the years. Some it, it's very important to put certain things in the will, certain things not in the will, in your estate plan, not in your estate plan. I've also learned that. Well, you wouldn't put that in there. You don't need to put that in there. I've learned from attorneys, especially you, that you do. And that is that you need to delineate the names of individuals uh, who are not going to inherit anything Mm -hmm. to make sure that the attorney and the person who has passed away didn't forget them. Is that correct? Yeah, usually we say specifically if we don't want, we usually say oh, to the extent we've given to that person to the extent desired in our lifetime. We always have a no contest provision too, uh, but usually... Um, 
if you basically don't want somebody, we we mention that person because we don't want to think that we for, just forgot. Right. And uh, there also should be revised. Sometimes things are revised. Let's say your child, you know, a lot of times they'll say, okay, all to my child. And if my child dies, it goes to that person's children. Okay, well, that sounds normal. Right. But what happens if the child had a child that there was no relationship to. Maybe the, uh, let's say your son had a relationship with somebody uh, and maybe we didn't know about it mm-hmm. and didn't have a relationship with that grandchild. Do you still want that grandchild to be a part of your, get a part of your estate? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Does you child say, mean stepchild? Too? Well, it, well it's, 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 a, it's a grandchild by birth, mm-hmm. but you know, had no relationship, and you might say in your will might have said, "Oh, all children born to or adopted by or by my blood right. or adopted by my child." Well, this would be by blood, even if that child didn't even know about it. Uh, the child, or maybe the husband or wife, just didn't mention anything or something. Uh, so, uh, I guess it would be more likely the the wife, or I say wife, the female partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me just do mention a couple other things real quickly, so I don't forget. Typically, you know, we mentioned uh, disability. If your spouse is disabled, we don't want to lose the fact that you should have a disability trust. So if you're married uh, and your spouse and you didn't have long-term care insurance, you want to have a contingent special needs trust uh, or if your child is disabled so that they don't lose public benefits. This is a real problem. Uh, Additionally, if somebody has an IRA or 401k where they could lose public benefits if they named the person who has means-tested benefits, Benefits. Oh. This is really an issue. So, uh, non-probate assets. Uh, there are, you know, joint accounts with rise survivorship or paid on death wouldn't go by your will. So you don't. Or uh, let's say you have a life insurance policy uh, or an IRA that we just mentioned. Those don't go by your will unless you name the beneficiary as your will or something or estate. So sometimes you might have a life insurance policy. You want to protect it, have it go part of your estate, be maybe part of that special needs trust. Or as we talked about on a, I don't know if it's this week's show or another show, but we talked about IRA beneficiaries, how we had the IRA go into a trust to protect the children right. and grandchildren. So uh, sometimes those IRAs could be named, the trust could be, trust within will could be a beneficiary. So you have to look at all these different things when you think of what to put in or not to put in your will. So it's not quite as simple as we would otherwise think. Nothing is, and it could change tomorrow. Attend Michael's next workshop to get as current as you possibly can. Dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102 for that December 13th, Tuesday at 10 o'clock a.m. workshop. Or go to DallasElderLawyer.com, Dallas Elder Lawyer, to sign up for that. Dallas Elder Lawyer, our Dallas Elder Lawyer, Michael Cohen. The record shows I took the blows and did it my way. A leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, 
Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.